Yo, welcome to episode one of the Time to Talk podcast. So I've started this podcast simply because I felt like there wasn't really a podcast that spoke directly to me as a self-employed strength and conditioning coach around things of business and coaching and lifestyle. So um, I thought I'd give it a crap myself. Episode one is with Josh Schofield. Now, Josh founded a company called PGC One, uh, a great business. The results speak for themselves. So I'll let him take it away and explain it a little bit more. So um episode one if you like it give it a share give it a subscribe give it a like wherever you are watching or listening um and let's see where we can take the podcast so without further ado episode one yeah if if you want to start we just let us uh let us know a little bit about yourself, you know, your, your journey through academia and, and how you got to where you are now. That'd be great. Okay, so I'm uh, Joshua Schofield. I am the head coach of PGC1 Coaching, which is a, a bespoke online coaching service for running based in Northamptonshire. Um, so, yeah, I, I started the business on the 1st of April 2019 just as a, a bit of a way to bridge the gap between finishing my undergraduate degree and starting a master's and yeah it kind of just just built from there really um so that the the sort of the idea behind it was I wanted to bring in the scientific aspect of my degree and all of the stuff that I'd learned through my undergrad and apply that into um basically club level athletes who I always found never really got the same sort of coaching experience that a lot of decent junior level athletes did uh, just because road running clubs there was a big gap in the market of the fact that they they don't have the expertise in them and and people aren't really uh looking at towards that market to, to help them out so yeah that was that was the way it went first of all and I, I you know monetizing it meant that I could spend a bit more time on it and I didn't have to get a job um to uh, go alongside my master's so yeah that's that's kind of uh the the main sort of area that I've gone into but to, to go backwards a little bit, I finished sixth form in 2016 uh, and went to study a undergrad in sport and exercise science at Leeds Beckett University. And my main goal throughout the whole of that time was to do a PhD because I always thought if you did a PhD in something, that meant you added value and you helped people. And steadily as I kind of got through my undergrad, I started to realise more that doing a PhD is all well and good, but actually not many of them translate into the real world. And speaking to coaches and speaking to athletes, not many of them understood scientific literature. So I I, I always wanted a career that was going to help and add value to other people, not myself. And by going down the PhD route, I started to feel like, actually, what are you going to achieve that's going to help the vast majority of, of athletes uh, specifically in endurance running so I, as I went through I started to try and tailor my degree to more being able to translate what I was learning into the into the real world and into normal populations um, so I did a lot of um, uh, I did like the applied principles of training modules extreme environments that kind of thing and yeah finished that in 2019 um, and that's when I set up PGC1 so I've balanced that alongside doing a master's at Loughborough in sport and exercise nutrition, because again, I thought nutrition was another area where there's so much 
stuff that's on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that is just completely inaccurate. So as a as a professional trying to work with the normal population, getting qualified in something like nutrition, where I can help people um, sort of guide their their decisions with good science in in, in the background of that. I thought that again would be a really good way to add value. So balance the two to begin with, and then when COVID hit, I I actually um, put the masters on hold. So I finished my first two semesters and then put it on hold to finish off next year um and i've coached full-time ever since so yeah that's kind of that's kind of the background of my where i've got to so far yeah so with pgc1 um so is that all online obviously is that always been the intention with it or was that just because of covid it went online so it's, it's a bit of both really um so i i my starting point was that it was going to be online only um, and then when I, I moved down to Daventry in Northamptonshire and kind of found a bit of a gap in the market for, for a group training stuff. So I, I deliver physical sessions as well as delivering um, group sessions and then online stuff as well. So it's a bit of a mixture of everything. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically, I just built up a pretty good group of guys and girls in the local area. And that kind of forms the main basis of PGC1. Uh, and then we've branched out into other areas as well. So got a little bit of a group up in York, um, a couple okay. in Leeds, um, sort of down towards the south coast. And then I've actually got a few people in Dubai as well, which All right. wow. formed a little bit of a group out there, which is, is quite cool. So a lot of it centers around trying to create like a group atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of is both in physical locations and through through the whole uh, coaching group as well. And with that, so with your background in obviously an understanding of the physical training side and the nutrition side, are you offering that kind of whole holistic package then to to these athletes? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I come from a bit of a new unique standpoint in that I was a good level athlete myself, uh, trained for sort of ten years at a national level. Um, I've got the scientific degree uh, and background there. I've got the nutrition side as well with an MS uh, prospective MSc degree. So yeah, it's kind of the whole um, whole package really of you know um, good sort of uh, new physiology and nutrition advice for the athletes, um, and then yeah, good planning and actually bringing into context what a lot of it means because it's all well and good studying studying the lactate threshold and where the turn point is and and whatnot, but actually applying that into an athlete where you don't have any you don't have a laboratory on hand you don't have you know um blood samples that you can take all the time it trying to translate that into that sort of normal setting is yeah stuff and no that's where i feel like i i do quite well yeah so just taking it back right to the start something that i'd be quite interested in learning about um especially with the kind of idea that we're pushing with this podcast is um when you when you first set it up and you try to you try to monetize it you know how did you go about that and probably what would be quite interesting to know is what were the biggest limitations you found to yeah um or uh or issues or whatever with with trying to monetize it so i'd, I'd been casually helping a few guys out here and there um before that so i'd, I'd help my dad actually train for a marathon I'd helped a, a couple of lads that I worked with at a running shop and then one of my mates um, from back home, I'd helped him out with some coaching as well. And when I decided to monetize, I think the biggest thing that I came up against, first of all, was 
people basically saying like you're too young to coach and you're too yeah. young to um to monetize this because um you just don't have the experience and i think the big the hardest thing was actually selling the fact that no i do have the experience in order to be able to monetize this um so i think that was probably the, one of the biggest challenges and then the other limitation was the fact that you you need i think in coaching to have a good sort of background of testimonials behind you to prove that you you know add value to people um and and i'd got one or two here and there but not many and actually it was just the fact that a couple of guys took took chances on me that i could help them out and they came into fruition that's how it it built so quickly so yeah you know it's I think a lot of people go in with a preconceived idea that if they're going to monetize things, they have to charge through the roof straight up. Um, and actually, I think the best way to do it is either do it for free for a, a while beforehand or go rock bottom in prices and just get a client base because yeah. you can always, you can always increase your prices as you go. But if you, if you go in and say, no, I've got a degree, I'm worth a hundred pound a month. Actually, are you? Because you, 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 you know, you, so yeah um the biggest yeah the biggest probably factors that I came up against was not having the background of lots of clients telling people I was good and then actually the the age factor as well so yeah. I stopped telling people how old I was. yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting listening to talk about the price thing when I first started the online coaching um you do what probably everyone does and you have a look online and kind of see what other people are charging. And I was looking at other people sometimes charging up to like £200 a month and I was like, whilst I feel like potentially one day I'll be there, I don't think I am now. And I was, and you, and you watch some videos and people say, oh, you've got to charge premium. And I, was, I wasn't very comfortable with it. So I, I did go probably a lot cheaper than a lot of other people. Um, and like you say, you can put your prices up at a later date. Um, but so, I think that, on that it, the key thing is is not being about the money because clients pick up on that and actually you shouldn't be coaching just to earn money off people that's not what coaching's about yeah the reason that you're doing it is because you've you've learned a lot you've got a passion about something you've invested a lot of money into that passion through a degree through a, a, a postgraduate course through all of your qualifications that you've got to purchase yourself so what it is is that you are you are claiming back almost an expense on that rather yeah. than it being here is Joe blogs. I want to make X, Y, Z off you as a client. Actually, no, Joe blogs is just giving you enough to be able to live comfortably and then provide them a service that they wouldn't normally get through someone who was free. Um, I think that, no that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And I think the knock on effect of that as well is if you, if you're truly passionate about something and you, you will do it, just for the love of doing it, yeah, you will get paid what you're worth in the long term anyway because you'll just Absolutely. provide that service that yeah. you know that will be shown throughout your coaching. So yeah, I can't, you know completely agree with that, and it's something that I struggled with at the start because it's easy to think I need to be earning this, I need to be earning that, and then just eliminating that from your head and just being like, right, let me just do what I enjoy, do what I'm good at, and then everything else will kind of take take care of itself a little bit. Yeah, the the next point I I picked up on about what you were just speaking there is about the age thing, um, and it's it's the problems that I had when I first started. So going back to when I first started, and I I basically put, I think it might have been in my twi Twitter profile. I put basically that I consultancy, which at the time 
uh, I was employed by a a club as a strength conditioning consultant. So I had no qualms in putting that in my bio. And the some of the stuff that was said to me on Twitter by some quite um, well-respected coaches in you know in inverted commas was would be enough for somebody to you know take a complete step away from it. Um, do you think that it's a oh, what's the word? It's an idea that needs to be eliminated. That you know experience and age. Uh, you know, age goes with experience um, and how we would go about that. I mean, I, I think that you can't buy experience and experience is definitely one of the key factors in being able to coach uh, people um, and knowing how to deal with coaching. But age doesn't actually necessarily come hand in hand with that because I started um, training for endurance sports from the age of eight. Yeah. And you know, I didn't read football magazines. I read triathlon magazines, running magazines all the way through my, you know, younger years. I did projects at, at high school. I did projects at sixth form about endurance running, endurance training, you know, all of these things, they all build up. So yeah. Okay. Whilst physic, my physical age was only 21, actually experience wise, I was probably, you know, a, a lot older than that because I'd, I'd spent so much time researching and, and, you know, finding my way in these, in these elements. And I think actually what coaches shouldn't do is they shouldn't be shouting down others and saying, yeah. you know, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z actually come together because it is such a niche environment to be a coach. There aren't many professional coaches out there. What can you learn off someone new coming into the environment? Yeah. Likewise, what can you, what ex- can you teach that coach coming in that will mean that people won't then have have to go through the teething issues that each coach has yeah so you know you know I, I found straight away that actually doing a proper warm-up was almost impossible with most athletes and you spend six months trying to work out how to actually get a warm-up out of someone there was probably someone above me who was much more experienced that could have told me that straight up and then you've got the collateral is that you get 20 people warming up properly from the very start and actually that's a benefit to the whole society and the whole range of athletes and it's not sort of coach v coach rivalries actually let's all help together and let's you know um educate each other and there's there's obviously the new guys coming through have new ideas new experiences and new philosophies that actually some of them might be really good and you should run with them Likewise, the old the old guard have things that are tried and tested and work, and I think it should just needs everybody to try and work together a little bit more, and not just coach bash on social media. Yeah. Do you think then um, that universities could potentially do more? A from a uh, an applied standpoint as a coach, uh, and B pushing this idea that you you know you don't have to. Uh, finish your degree try and get a job with a professional team or professional organization that you can at 21 22 23 whatever age have a crack at it your own you don't have to wait until you're 40 to become a self-employed coach or a consultant yeah yeah i think unis should try and do a little bit more to 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 work on down the applied side i was very fortunate that leeds beckett was a very applied university and that a lot of the work we did was in the field it was showing how to do x y and z with people um i know that some of the colleagues i've got at loughborough didn't actually get into a lab until like third year yeah and 
maybe you know there are some universities that need to look at trying to go down more applied route or it's just a case of there being more of a directory of these are if you want to look at going into applied work these are the kind of universities you need to be looking at if yeah. you want to go into more mechanistic um phd style roles these are the universities you want to look at and, and i was really fortunate that i'd spoken to a few researchers already who were working at my school and they said don't go to loughborough go to beckett if you want to do applied yeah. so you know that that was really fortunate and i guess a bit of luck on, on that side but no, I was very lucky that there was a lot of applied stuff at uni and they always pushed you to try and get more experience and do it off your own back as well, rather than just wait for, you know, someone to, to put a um, put a placement up on, on, your, yeah. on your... Mainly because there was like 600 students on the course, so they it's couldn't a give a place for everyone. It's a bit yeah. of a bat- it is a bit of a battleground, but um, I've always said it that cream rises to the top. Yeah, and those who are willing to make the sacrifices and put in the work and and work for free and and whatever comes of it, you know, they'll get to where they want to be. Um, quite interesting, you know. So you've had that experience from an applied perspective in terms of the actual coaching side of things, but then, you know, you set up this business and all of a sudden you you are running a business and um, whatever, right? And thinking that that was something completely novel and new to yourself. Yeah, yeah, massively. I didn't have a clue how to do any of it to begin with. Like I'd done obviously business studies and stuff at school, so I knew how to like basically do the accounts and that was it. Yeah. Um, like you know, making the decisions on you know how things would affect the business, and it, it becomes a a fact of you you know you know what you want to do practically, but sometimes does it make business sense? Yeah. Uh, and again, I was really fortunate on that front that my girlfriend's mum has been self-employed all of her life so okay. if I had any issues you know oh what would you do in this situation so yeah. you know I had almost like a bit of a mentor in that aspect but yeah. I think again that's something that university should step up with and almost I never had any help from an academic on you know how to how to monetize what my ideas were um, and you know maybe that is something that as a bit of a more of a careers pathway you know, my tutors and stuff that you know should have been pushing, but um, yeah, I, again, as you say, you know, you kind of make your own look a little bit, and yeah, no, I yeah. completely agree with that. From the, um, it would be nice to see universities push some kind of, even if it's just a module, yeah, in third year of look, this is an option. Um, how to set up, even things like how to register a business, how to, yeah, you know, sell, like you say, set up your accounts and things like that, which for me personally, was a complete trial and error situation. Mm. Um, so what, what would you say was the biggest challenge then? It's just in that first you know, few months, what did you find the biggest struggle? I think, I think marketing it in the right way was the, the big difficulty. Um, and I actually the, kind of took a back step on the marketing and kind of just tried to work in-house and do what I knew well, which was coaching. And just if I did that well, it, it might grow. And I was fortunate that it did. Yeah. Um, so I think that was probably a big challenge. The the other side of things was, you know, having the confidence to monetize it correctly um, and actually knowing what your value is as a, as a coach. Um, because I was kind of stabbing in the dark a little bit to begin with. And, you know, in that respect, made some mistakes. But again experience you know helps that side of things and, and you do learn where you know where to put your time and where to put your resources in so yeah i think for me uh 
the biggest problem has always been letting go of, of certain things. So obviously when you first start off with something, it is basically like your, you know, it's your baby. You want to get it to, you know, something amazing. And uh, yeah, I became, and this is only just recently where I've kind of learned this, that I'm really controlling and I'm like, right, I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. But then it was my girlfriend that probably said it to me actually like, I wanted to grow this business bigger than just me, but as it, all it was, was me behind a laptop. Yeah. So, you know, as of recently, I've tried to get people involved and um, I've got better at it and hopefully 2021 will, will help see some growth for that. But it is, it is difficult to let go of some things. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so. and you can, I guess the big thing is that you're always worrying that what you're doing is not right as well um, and not having that support network of, you know, speaking to colleagues and whatever, you know, um, would you do this kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, you kind of always worrying in that respect, but I'm fairly fortunate, you know, I, I've built a good team around me. Like I've got a really good mate who's kind of provides the physio backup for the, the business. I've got a couple of other friends that also set up coaching um, businesses at the same time as me. And then I've actually now got an assistant coach on board as well, who, you know, me and her speak about ideas and stuff. And, and that gives you that re- reassurance and, and reinforcement that actually what you are doing is right. So yeah. Yeah. Is I think building a good team around you, even though it is your business, you know, as a as a person building a support network around you, um, and the and the business is always a really good thing to do. And I think you know having a partner is always the best thing as well. Yeah. Because you know they, they'll tell you straight whether it's whether they think it's right or wrong. So. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I read a book recently called um, Good to Great, and it's basically that idea that uh, the businesses that end up being great and not just average put a massive emphasis on first getting the right people and then on the bus and then figuring out where to drive it versus having an end goal where to drive it and then trying to get people on to fit it um yeah so it's it's exactly what it sounds like you've done there yourself you know you've got people that you know and trust and kind of just let the business you know take its take its own path so is this for you do you see yourself full-time career you know building this business or building multiple businesses up as as your chosen career path do you think or have you got any other goals away from from business i I kind of to begin with i I thought that you know i'll just do this as a bit of a part-time thing and then i'll i'll try and get a job working for a professional sports team and actually i've kind of almost come to the realization that this is almost like my calling because by doing having my own business i get to do everything that I want to do and not do it for other people yeah. um, and, and help the people I want to help, which is quite nice. Um, so yeah, the, the aim is to, to finish my uh, dissertation in my master's and then yeah, make this a full-time job. So, I mean, I'm currently working on it full-time now and there's definitely, you know, scope to keep growing and keep, keep moving it forward. So it's kind of now about taking the, the concepts that have really worked so far and, and, and pushing them forward. Uh, into um, into a bit more of a mass market. Yeah, cool. I mean, I guess the biggest challenge that you you probably might face at the moment then is is obviously COVID and restrictions, no restrictions, um, tiering, etc. So, has that affected you a lot? Obviously, you've got some physical stuff, you've got some online stuff. Yeah. Um, has that affected you positively or negatively? I think it's affected me positively and negatively. I think in, in looking at the negative side of things first, 
the long-term planning aspect of coaching has really gone out the window. There is absolutely like, you can barely plan six weeks ahead now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just sort of taking what you get and rolling with it. But actually, I don't think that's been a bad thing for a lot of my athletes. No. Every athlete that I've had for longer than three months this year has run a personal best. All right, cool. And I think that's because what the lockdown has given us is it's actually being able to, we can reinforce the fundamentals behind endurance training. And we don't have all of these like kind of tiny races and things getting in the way and life's not getting in the way. So actually it's kind of helped a lot of people mentally go actually, right, well, when I get to race, I'm going to take this seriously and I'm really going to go for it. Um, and I think a lot of people get caught up in long-term planning and spend so much time looking at the future that they actually forget to do sort out what's in the present. And we've been, I've been trying to work things so that it's a lot more about kind of just focusing on the seven days ahead of us rather than the seven months ahead of us. And again, I think that makes thing training a lot more exciting and makes it a lot more personable for people because it's not just, okay, well, we're going to do six weeks of long runs. We're going to do, six weeks of tempo runs, whatever, you know, it's actually focusing on each training element as we go. The big thing for me that's been the frustrating side of things is the, the lack of group training because I do think that training as a big group makes things so much um, more and better for, for endurance athletes. I, I have a bit of a theory of kind of, it's called like the moving average of a group. So, when you start with a group of people, there's an average time and you'll get someone that will, will kind of go quicker than that. So that will then bring the average up and, and gradually, you know, all of the people improve. And I, I think we've not had the full effect of that this year because people are not seeing loads of other people in training. They're kind of only training with the same sort of four or five people each week, which, you know, make, makes them settle a little bit more. And the, the sad thing is that, you know, the social side's gone as well, yeah. um, which throughout a lot of the, my level clients thrive off um you know it's being able to go to the pub after a race none of them can do it which yeah. is which is tough but yeah it's 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 effective us negatively in that respect but the positives are that we the planning outside i think's got a lot better actually people are enjoying it more because they are the racing situation is so precious actually instead of getting themselves worked up they're just loving the fact that they're able to do it um and yeah I did have one more thing that I felt like has been pretty positive, which is now escaping. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess more people are more prioritizing their running and kind of realizing yeah. actually, you know, going and getting flat out on a Saturday or going to the out for a meal is, and you know, going on all these holidays is, is all and good, but actually investing in yourself and, you know, feeling good in yourself and enjoying your sport that you're doing, whether that be going to the gym playing football on the weekends going out and running actually that's more important um so you know in that respect i've, I've had some clients join this year that would never have ran in their entire life and never no. take it seriously and they're actually running times that are pretty like close to sort of good level club runners yeah despite being novices at the start of the year which is yeah. you know again that them seeing that progress and Feel, showing themselves what they actually are capable of that's that process is just amazing well it's like at the start is uh, that first lockdown everyone turned into a, a runner at some point i think even yeah. i uh I, I think even i turned into a road runner for a couple of weeks and <laughs> uh was soon to download my strava app and and get my trainers on uh, as did everybody um so i can see why that might have been good for you so when when did you start the business if you mind asking 
1st of April 2019. That was it, yeah. Sorry. Sort of officially launched it. Yeah. Um, so obviously from in a short amount of time, you've it sounds like you've grown a decent client base. Yeah. Um, so I currently coach 62 people. Wow. <laughs> and um, I have an assistant coach in Laura Waitman. She's got four people uh, that she's currently coaching. Um, and yeah, we've I've then got a couple of other people that sort of, kind of come in on a casual basis for either for one-to-one work or to work within within our group as um doing interval sessions and stuff yeah so it's probably a total reach of like 70 to 75 people within the business and uh i mean we were speaking before we jumped on but uh, that's all over the world as well you were saying yeah yeah so main main bulk of the group is sort of daventry northampton area and then we go down to um, we've got a couple on the south coast, uh, a couple in Leeds, York. Uh, I've got a guy in Gibraltar, and then I've got four, we've got four in Dubai. So yeah, kind of all over the world. Yeah. So that being said, then you've you know in a short amount of time you've grown this fantastic client base that you know is starting to have that push. You know overseas, um, you're starting to build a team. Obviously yourself as a good coach, but then you know you've got someone like Laura who in herself is you know a I'd imagine an unbelievable asset to have for uh, yeah. for a running business. Where where do you see twenty twenty one and beyond? Then where where do you kind of want to take it? Um, it's a good question, really. Uh, f- for me, I, I kind of just enjoy staying in the moment, and for me, it's just taking each of the clients that I've got and seeing progression in all of their careers next year. Um, seeing progression in Laura's coaching career and her athletes and and their, how they're doing. And if we can just keep doing that, I think the rest of the sort of business side of things will take care of ourselves. You know, I'm not one to set like these really strict goals as to by this time I want to have this coming in, I want to have this coming in, I want to have this coming in. But I think it's just really, uh, I think was it Richard Branson said like say yes to every opportunity and then yeah. make it see how you'll make it work. Um, so yeah, I've got some exciting things in the pipeline. Um, I've got my first corporate coaching contract coming through next year. Wow. Um, I'm doing some extra work in like schools as well. So that's like another little stream. And for me, it's just sort of saying yes to everything and just seeing where it goes. And yeah. naturally through through one thing and another, we'll probably find the way that the, the business is going to run in the long term. Um, but at, at this point, it's just saying yes to everything and, and seeing how we can make it work. Yeah. And trying to trying to spread what what's been successful so far within within the business to other areas of of coaching. So, if uh, if there's somebody listening who is toying with the idea of setting up their own business and they don't know what to do, or they've literally just done it, um, what would you say would be your, you know, obviously it's hard to put maybe one on this, but your one or two pieces of solid advice that will set the foundation for for what's to come or what they want to come? I think the first one is back yourself and back your ideas. If you have taken the step where you're trying to monetize something, you clearly, you know enough about it to in order to do that. So back what, back yourself in that you, you know how to um, provide that service, but then also be open to listening to others and their ideas and taking on board feedback. Kind of don't be blinkered vision and saying that this is my way and this is the only way we can do it. And it's not it's not a bad thing to, you know, accept other, other people's ideas and, and listen to other people. So, you know, be rounded, but 
but back yourself and your abilities as to why you've set it up. And then I think the other thing is to set up a really good support team around yourself of either people that have been self-employed previously um, or just people that listen and, you know, can provide good sound advice that you trust because, you know, you don't want to be speaking about all of these situations to lots of different people. Yeah. You know, having a good small support network, I think, is another key thing. Yeah, and just um, probably just the last question, and this is probably from me just being a bit... Uh, bit selfish because I want to know so was there a time where you were had maybe a pretty steady level of clients at a certain number and then you either did something or you changed the way you approach things and you start to see you know a bit more steady growth or anything like that or has it just been very steady from the start um, it's kind of it's been sort of a little bit like a roller coaster really it's kind of gone gone up and then leveled up and leveled up and leveled and there's probably no one thing and um, I think it's just been a culmination of the fact that we've done lots of things and had lots of little successes that have, have built up what we've done um like we've had we, the big thing that I've done is always tried to create like group racing um so we would go and select races in the local area that lots of us would go to and actually people would see that and say actually yeah I love that I want a piece of that um so yeah, it's probably the the kind of the results in that volume kind of spoken to a lot of people. Um, but I, I think a big thing is when I um, took the service completely onto the bespoke training app called Training Peaks. I think that actually made things a lot more professional. Um, and then the the other one would be when I um, actually invested in buying a, a an office premises. Right, to kind okay. of have a, a head headquarters of the business and took it off the dining room table. Actually, then people sat up and kind of went, right, okay, this isn't just a bit of a, we get down on a Wednesday and run around a bit and have some fun on the weekend. This is now quite a serious coaching yeah. business, coaching group that I'm in. And I think from there, we've actually seen a real big step up in, in performances as well. So, yeah, probably the training peaks and the, the investment in the, the HQ it's probably the big, big turning point. Investment is probably the the key word there, with with business, isn't it? You know, if you yeah. if you want something to succeed, it's not. And I think this is uh, again something that probably I fell um, foul to at the start is you set up a business and you think, all right, if I get X amount of clients, that means I get Y yeah. amount of money. When in reality, if you want it to work, you know, you get X amount of revenue from your clients, and you know, X basically goes straight back into you know, trying to progress yeah. it, which is obviously what you've done. And, you know, obviously the results speak for themselves from that. You've got to put money back in. It's not Yeah. yeah. So, I think uh, the big piece of advice I got very early on from, um, from a family member was the fact that the, there's the company money and there's, you pay yourself from that and actually not trying to mix the two at all. And if you do that, I, I think it professionalizes it a lot more. And it means that you invest back into the, the company itself and, and the business that you're running yeah. um, rather than you sort of, you know, taking home all, all the profits and then suddenly, you know, you, you've got to invest in X, Y, and Z. Um, and so, yeah, trying to, trying to create distinction between the two, there's like, there's your money and there's the business's money. I think that's yeah. a, in terms of an accounting element, which is probably the hardest bit to do. That's a really good piece of advice that I had very early on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so where can people find, so first of all, uh pgc1 so are you on social media etc 
Yeah, so PGC One Coaching, so PGC One and Dash Coaching. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and I think we're coaching PGC One on Twitter. Um, and then for me personally, it's uh, I think it's Jay Schofield ten ninety eight on Twitter and Instagram. Smashing. Well, um, thanks for your time, mate. I think uh, there's a lot in there. I mean, I've taken a lot from it personally, even, um, and I think a lot of people take a lot from it and you've sh- and you've shown that uh if you want to do something just have a crack at it it's as simple, it's as, simple as that when you break it down isn't it so definitely no, mate, if you thank- want enough you'll get it yeah exactly so thanks for your time mate appreciate it thanks very much for having me on danny and uh hopefully yeah hopefully see your uh, gym network take off in the in 2021 fingers crossed man fingers crossed